From Aviva Brands, this is Express, the podcast for brands. I'm your host, Dr. David Kippen, CEO and Chief Strategist at Aviva. And this week, we're going to do something a bit different. Last week, Stephen took a closer look at how media planning actually works. If you're just joining the program, Stephen's the Executive Strategy Director here at Aviva. He talked about owned, earned, and paid media and made a pretty good case for how to think about them together. Okay, let's assume you've done that and you've got a media plan. Are you ready to go? Well, not quite. You still need to take your concept, that's the big idea we talked about back in episode 4, and adapt it to your media plan. Just think about that for a second and you'll see why it's tricky. Imagine you're watching Mad Men. Don Draper's just made a brilliant connection between a picture with a couple of words on it and the clients assembled in the room. Everyone's excited. But that idea is going to look totally different when you see it on a billboard, or on YouTube, or your phone, in the paper, in a brochure. And that's not a detail. It's critical. Because in Mad Men, the folks in the room are a totally captive audience. And they're the clients, so of course they care about the product. But without Don Draper there telling your target audience why they should care, you run the biggest risk in advertising. Namely, they don't even notice. So, a huge risk. How do you manage it? To answer that, and here's what's different, I'm going to turn over to two of my colleagues in our Edinburgh office. You've already sort of met Kate, our head of insight, and Ammo, our head of creative, in earlier episodes, but you haven't heard them. For a variety of reasons, I read their posts. So, for this podcast, Kate's interviewing Ammo on how an ad becomes a concept. Now, they're not in a sound studio, they're just in our office conference room, so there's going to be some more reverb than you usually hear, and Ammo's very English, so if you're listening from the U.S., you'll definitely notice an accent. But you'll want to listen to this, and if you need to see it in print, it's also on our blog. Visit evivabrands.com, that's E-V-V-I-V-A, then the word brands.com, and click on blog. So check it out, and over to you, Kate. Okay, well, thank you, David. This is Kate Newsom at the Aviva Brands Edinburgh office, and I'm here today with our executive creative director, Amo Bassan, to talk about the production process. Amo, in your last blog post, you talked about concepting for creative, and today you're going to tell us a bit about how the next step in that process works, which is the production step. Uh, could you walk us through the process to get us started? How does it work, and what's the first step in that? Sure. The first stage really is um, is getting a brief. So, you know, we've done our concept, you know, a few weeks ago, client loved it, and they want us to now put it into practice. So we get a brief, and we'll all sit around, and, and that tells us what we need to produce. It tells us, like, what kind of thing we're going to be doing. So it could be a brochure, it could be a digital piece, it could be a, I don't know, a T-shirt, whatever, anything, really. And so that tells us where we should be going, and then... We start designing, we start sitting down, putting some ideas together, trying different options. Uh, we, we try a lot of things internally. I mean, it, there's an idea that it's much easier to do this. You know, it's a really simple, easy process once you have a start, you know, a system that you've put in place. It isn't because when you're producing a concept, you never really know where they're going to go. But luckily, we tend to build in some flexibility in our concepts, you know, when we do that, knowing full well that, you know, it can change, the system can change, the grid system, the application of it so so we've done to try a lot of different things and then wrap it up when we've got something we feel you know either mock it up if we can and then wrap it up into a presentation 
And by flexibility, then you mean that there are multiple media that this may have to be applied to? Yeah, well, flexibility, yeah. I mean, flexibility more in the sense that, you know, we have... Um, if you have a design that, say, for example, is designed to be square, a concept, the sod's law, it won't always... You know, you may have a, someone may want a brochure that's rectangular, and then you have the square concepts only ever designed to work as a square. Now, what do you do? You know, where do you put it? How does it work? And, yeah, it kind of changes as well and from the client side too. You know, they may want to put it somewhere completely different. You've done this amazing concept, and then they want to put it on a on a boat or something, <laughs> which is, is never meant to go there, you know, because they've sponsored something, you know, and so off you go. It's just, it wasn't meant to work here. So, and also prepare the concept, so the client, that the concept is flexible enough that it can change. What you're seeing now is a feeling, it's a kind of a, a system. Uh, and then the real proof of it is going to be in the application. Mm-hmm. So in the application part, which is then the production phase that we're talking about, is it, is it creative? How does creativity come into the production process? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's absolutely creative. There's, there's, again, as I was just saying, there's an idea that it's, it's downhill from here. You know, it's really plain sailing. It's, it's not because um, there's a lot of, again, if you take a brochure as an example, you know, the client may have an idea that it's going to be a certain form factor. And it's usually the simplest idea. So it's A4 maybe stapled or, or perfect bound or whatever and then done glossy cover different inserts so the thing is we can always turn around and say no and we, we usually do so an example recently where a client wanted something very conventional like that and we we produced a, a brochure that folded into a pyramid so it's physical it's 3d and the reason for doing that was really again down to this this system that we created and 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 uh, a brand line which is all all about being engineers and so we thought, well, there's an opportunity here. There's an opportunity, you know. Just a normal brochure just means that we're, we're using the word engineer. We're not actually applying it in any meaningful way. So we created this physical brochure. And they loved it. It's just so so far from what they'd done the year previously with a different agency that it maybe needed to, a year or so of them to get comfortable. You know, it's a bit too far ahead for them. But, you know, in a year it maybe may feel perfect for them. So... Instead of just going back to what they wanted, what they kind of thought they would get, we then did something in between, which is again a variation of that, you know, different, the square brochure with different die cuts, which, although it wasn't, it's physical, it wasn't as kind of crazy for them, you know, and they got it, you know. So the thing is never to go back, it's just to try and find that middle ground. And that's what takes so long, that's what takes time, you know, even mocking up a simple thing like that, a pyramid out of a brochure with different triangle panels. It's just crazy process, you know, making sure we'd have all the content on there. You know, it worked. Um, and I think it's good to present stuff like that to clients because they see that you're really trying. You see that you're not going to take the easy way out. And, and of course we could, but, but it doesn't feel right. It sounds like a very collaborative process then. It's collaborative in that, in that you know, we, we have to explain everything to them, tell them what we're doing. And we, always, we never present one idea either. We always present a few ideas. It's more a case of, I think at that stage, it's just trying to gauge their appetite for, for something interesting. And it's, it's about trying to set the, set the tone, really, for it. You know, and, it, and it's, always, it's always good to go in quite hard. It's always good to go in you know, quite creative because you want the rest of the pieces to be the same. You can, when you say to yourself, you've got away with it, not got away with it in, in a kind of 
the cheating sense, but get away with it as in like, we never thought they'd go for this and it is brilliant and we like it and they like it and the people who are going to use it like it, then you know everything else is going to be okay. You know, you can have the, you can apply the same sort of style. And how about the feedback process, uh, working with the clients? What do you do in order to get the kind of feedback you need to get useful feedback? I think the thing is to, uh, is to respect the client and present it properly to them. Don't just send them a brochure and say, just lean back and go, yeah, what do you think? You know, have a look through it, see what you think. I think talking them through it, don't, don't you know, respect their time. I think create a presentation, you know, in the same way that you would have created a, pre created a presentation to, um, to show your concepts after a client, do that for the finished piece as well. Sure, you know, if you're producing a T-shirt, it's nothing better than showing a T-shirt. If you can't be in front of them to articulate that, just put it into a document and talk, talk them through it, you know. And not every page has to be a T-shirt. And, and, you know, you can have one page which is just some sketches. It can look like complete rubbish, but explain what it is there. In effect, explain, take them through a journey. Take them through uh, a process where they really they understand what you've done. They understand why this concept they signed off is now going to work on a T-shirt or a brochure or whatever. And so I think the thing is, to, is, is really to say, look, you know, present it so they understand it and you'll get the right kind of feedback. You know, don't, don't, don't sort of leave things to the imagination. Um, take them with you. I have noticed you've used your sketches, your early sketches that you do in your book sometimes uh, to show clients how you started thinking about a project. Is yeah. that part of that process? Absolutely, then? yeah. Always show the sketches as well. I mean, it, when you, again, when you show concepts, do show them, show them the workings and show them where you didn't get it right. Um, you know, show them something that wouldn't, didn't quite work. They really appreciate seeing not only the effort you put in, but the fact that you, you tried different things. You sort of exhausted all the opportunities and then you landed on one that, that, that made sense or that one that had the right level of design and also you know that came in you know that respected the budget as well you know and, and the user so well, there's always that <laughs> yeah 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 you can you can, there's only so much things you can do on a t-shirt but certainly when it comes to brochures you can go off the charts you know you really can and and you just have to be careful you know don't set really strange expectations from them and it's also to do the math beforehand like don't come up with something really crazy and and not keep the budget in mind and then they fall in love with it and you say, oh, actually, we need some more money because it's just going to annoy them and that's not a good position to be in. How about, from a production perspective again, what a dream project for you would be? Oh, a dream, a dream project with light, sound, physical stuff, you know, you know, but everything is created by yourself. So, you know, the images, everything's been created. There's no stock images. You can be able to do the photography for it, you know, to create the lighting, the graphics, the sound, the physical things, you know, that'd be perfect. Um, the digital piece in there as well somehow. Maybe it sounds, maybe it sounds like an installation, which is perhaps a little self-indulgent, but um, that'd be great, you know, if you could do, I mean, there's an opportunity there for most clients, you know. It's a full experiential branding, it yeah, sounds Yeah, yeah, like. because most clients are, you know, they have the physical, maybe they produce physical things in a, in a place, you know, they have a sound and a system. And a lot of our clients, we go and see them, they have facilities, you go and see them, there's a, there's a sound that goes on in there, there's a sound smell, there's a, a visual to it, a colour and stuff, so I think you can wrap it all up, it'd be brilliant. You mentioned smell, and 
I remember you were telling me about a scent project you did in, in your personal life, actually. Is that something that taught you about the production process then, being on the other side of the table? <laughs> yeah, I've, never had to, I've never had to write a brief before. Yeah, it was a bizarre conversation. I had it with a friend called Ewan McCall here in Edinburgh. He's a, he works at Penhaligans. He's a parfumier. And he, he, um, I jokingly said to him, look, could you create a fragrance for me? And um, he goes, yeah, yeah, what, what's it for? Who's it for? And on the spot, I, like, I just thought, yeah, create a fragrance. I didn't consider who it would be for, and I just sort of made it up and said, my wife. And, <laughs> and, uh, and then that started this kind of crazy journey where he didn't have a formal brief because he'd never done anything like it ever for a person. He's done it for brands, but he's never done it for a person. And he didn't know how to approach that either. So together we made up a brief, you know, so how to describe describe my wife, you know, in sort of physical terms, personality, likes, dislikes, and just any other thing. So it's just an A4 sheet with 12 lines on it, 12 sentences. And um, from that, he made a fragrance. And <clears throat> it was incredible. It's like I had to sum a person up and combine all those things. And it was way beyond something as simple as saying, you know, oh, she likes strawberries. And then correct something that smells of strawberries. It's not like that. It's how do you bring in different elements of that? And it's so beyond my thinking and ability that he managed to do that. We did a few variations, but it's, it's, she loved it. I don't know if she could... I haven't shown her the actual descriptions that I gave him. Um, I will do if I can find it, because that might give her a sense of how he approached it and how he got there, but he, he didn't have to approach it either. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was, that was interesting. Um, I'd definitely do it again. I think there's an opportunity there with brands to do something like that, you know, if you think about you know, different experiences that people have. So you take an airline or something, you know. What if you did a fragrance, like, in the waiting, in, in the, like, the lounge area, and it was the same as in the plane? That'd be, that'd be amazing. It's that consistency, that journey. Yeah. So it kind of, there's a lot of ideas there. Uh, well, thinking about that process that you went through then, you were, you were on the other side of the table, you were briefing your friend and came up with this, and then coming back to the process you go through at Aviva, are there things that your clients and your colleagues don't know about the production process that you wish they did? Yeah, I think the main thing is that it's not a linear process. It's not, like I was saying earlier, it's, it's the easy part of the journey. You know, production sounds just like that. It's like um, your BMW, you've created this amazing car. It's just a case of making three million more, you know? And that's the factor, that's what the robots do. I think it's beyond that. Again, it's much harder. It's just, I, I find it to be the hardest part of the process. I think the concept's tough, you know, the concept's tough for various reasons. Um, this, is, this to me is no different. It's as hard, you know, it's just a different part, a different stage of the journey. Because you really are saying, look, this was right. You chose the right, <laughs> you chose wisely. <laughs> and um, and uh, even though it's their choice, we never, never push them to make a choice. But, you know, we're saying, look, yes, it's great, we can do something with it, and here, here, here it is, you know. Uh, it's never as sort of just putting bits together. It's not like Lego, you know, the right shapes, just put them together. It's because of the different places you can, uh, you can apply it. That's really the thing I don't think they, they get to see or the process. But then again, as I was saying, I think it slowly starts to dawn on our clients that it is, it's, it's, it's like that because we always present our work back to them every stage it's a presentation it's never just a piece of work a brochure a pdf like you know here it is in the form factor that you wanted it's a it's an actual presentation this is what it took us to get to it and it's not to make it look like we're working or anything it's just to say look it's what we can do is 
kind of limitless really but this is what we did for you and I think they get to see that that it's not as linear as simple as they, they might have thought so you're not going to be hiring a fleet of robots anytime soon if we could if we could <laughs> it would be fantastic yeah <laughs> Uh, <laughs> some clones so, yeah yeah it, it'd be brilliant but um, I don't know maybe one day maybe yeah. one day um, so if you were to think of a brand that you've been impressed by or should I say a dream brand for you to work with what product or company would that be? I think um, so I'll probably probably think of it in, do it in reverse I think a dream brand is Dream brand is, I, I don't know, I don't tend to gravitate towards brands as such, you know. I think it's more about the opportunity. If you say a client has got a really interesting opportunity, but they're not that well known, that to me is a lot more valuable than, than, than the brand that has everything, mm-hmm. you know, because your room to manoeuvre is just ever diminishing. <laughs> it's just, it's fixed and they won't want to change too much. I suppose a brand that I'm impressed by uh, is Microsoft. I, I wasn't expecting it to be that case. I mean, I've never used any of their products really, except for the early days of my career, you know, um, you know Macs are still expensive and using PCs. And a couple of years ago, I, I, I had a phone upgrade, I went to get a new phone and I saw this Windows phone. I can't remember it's a Nokia phone and using Windows operating system. I thought, this is brilliant, this is great, you know, and I had an iPhone at that point. I thought, yeah, I'm just gonna get that. And it was amazing, it was such an interesting, visual system not a really visual system and I just didn't expect it but what was more interesting is that the journey it takes you on so you go home you have to then you know you have to then get your music onto it you know so you have to then download some software you have to go to the store um, you know go to their website and so it introduces you to new elements and new different aspects of the same design system and I just liked the fact that I didn't expect it I didn't expect them to have applied it that well and um, I've got a lot of respect for them for doing that. It's just, I think a lot of it's down to them having not been in the spotlight, you know, with the obvious competitor, which is Apple, you know, who have to maintain the system. I think what Microsoft had was this, a luxury of not being people poking <laughs> holes in them. You know, they get, enough, they get enough grief as it is, but when it came to the system, they had the opportunity to just create it and um, and stick to it, and they've done it really well. I think you know I'm I'm certainly intrigued by it, and and uh, be interesting to see where it goes. You know I'd like to I'd love to you know be interested in buying a laptop just to see how it works and just use it. Um, just an interesting way of presenting content, and I think it's influenced a lot of things without people thinking about it. So I think the design team's done a good job. So just a quiet innovation. Going yes. Yeah. 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 I, I, it's a lot. It really is a luxury no one gets, you know. I mean, normally it's I don't know how long they spent on it, what it cost them to do, or whatever. But you know, you're expected to do that on a daily basis. You know, as a designer, you're expected to do that within an hour, or something. And it's it's I'm not saying it's not doable, but I think you know there's a there's a there's a level of thought that's gone into it. I think that they should, that they should be applauded for. Um, I know you've got a lot to get back to on your desk, so I will let you go now. But thank you very much for your time today and for taking us through this process. No worries. Thanks, Kate. Cheers. Thanks, Emma and Kate. And thanks to you listening to this podcast for listening to Express. Again, we do want this to be useful. So love it, hate it, whatever. Please give us the gift of feedback at express at avivabrands.com. 
That's Eviva, then the word brands.com.